All right, hi everyone, and welcome to another another episode of You Haven't Seen That. Uh, for those who haven't listened, this is the podcast where I introduce people to movies I think they should have seen but have not seen, uh, whether they be classics of cinema or small cult films I feel like need more attention. Uh, we watch them all on here, and uh, I'm very excited today because uh, this is somebody I've wanted to have on the show for a while. We've been trying to work this out uh, for a bit of time. Uh, yeah, so uh, welcome to the show, Cole Fiala. Hi, everybody. Uh, Cole, you're also somebody I want to have on the show because you're one of the few guests I've had who has filmmaking experience. Yeah, I I worked in the local film scene for several years, uh, doing lighting on uh, indie features mm-hmm. and um, a few um, TV shows. One TV show that actually I think did air. Is that uh, right? Though not here. Um, <laughs> of course not. Somewhere else, somewhere like in the Midwest or something like that. <laughs> Um, just in the neighborhoods of Toledo. Yes, specifically in Toledo. <laughs> um, Toledo, they love their World War II dramas. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then some commercial work and that kind of stuff. But, mm-hmm. yeah, so I, I did that. And I, so I have a, a perspective on all things film. For sure, yeah. Um, which uh, we, we talked a bit of, we, you know, as, as sort of anybody I know now I, with this show, it's sort of like, what movies haven't you seen? Right. And you came to me with a, a, a few uh, I, that, that you had thought of. I did because I, I knew about you starting this and everything. And we've been trying, like you said, we've been trying to get together to do this for right. months. Um, but so I came up with two movies originally and mm-hmm. then recently thought of a third. Right, right, right. Which you really wanted to do. Yeah. So I'm really surprised that we're not doing Well, that one, that one, uh, well, one of our uh, expert witnesses really wanted to do, and so he couldn't yeah. be here. So we'll, we'll get you back on for that one. We won't yeah. go into what that one is because we'll let people be surprised when it happens. But uh, uh, you'll be back to do that. That's going to be a really fun one. Yeah. Um, but the two I originally brought to you were uh, Casablanca. Yes. Um, and Memento. Right. Um, and we're watching Memento, as as you know from listening. You can see on the you know your iTunes, Stitcher website, whatever you're well, listening John, to. John, maybe they're blind. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair <laughs> enough. I, I I frequently marginalize our blind listeners. Yes. Uh, but no, we're watching Memento. Um, and this is a. How much do you know about Memento? This is something I always ask people when they're on the show. Well, and I, I thought about this because I know you ask people that. Yeah. And. I really know very little. I believe it's mm-hmm. directed by Christopher Nolan. It is directed by Christopher Nolan. Written and directed by Christopher Nolan. Okay. So I I thought that was correct, but I wasn't sure okay. if that was if that was accurate. Um and I know it takes place out of order. Yes. Um It's a it, well, it's yeah. I was about to say nonlinear, but that may not even right. be Look, correct. Some things might be next to each other, some things might not. Correct. Um and then I know it can be very confusing to people. Yes. The, this is kind of why I wanted to do this one specifically, because I feel like this is a movie that's almost designed to be talked about in depth. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a movie. It's, there are these, I think there's, some people do make movies where there's this, like, okay, you want people to come out of the theater going, like, well, what did that mean? What was that thing? Can you, and when, when he did this, hold on. Now, wait, I, I have a theory about what's going on. Or, you know, whatever. It's... It's that kind of film. Yeah, sometimes you make things that you want to be analyzed. You mm-hmm. want people to, to really think about them. Other times you just want to watch things blow up. Right, right. Have, let people watch things blow up. When I feel like Chris Nolan's a filmmaker who always kind of wants people to discuss whatever he's up to. I think so. Because um, you've seen his other stuff, I'm assuming. I have. Well, I mean, I'm a big fan of the Batman movies that he did. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then uh, he did The Prestige. Yes. Also, which I, I love. Fantastic I love, movie. You should totally get someone to do that. I absolutely. I'm looking for somebody to come on and do that for sure. Um, not me. I've, I've seen it. Yeah, I know. Times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, a lot of his other movies, like, elude me. I bet I've seen more of them. I just don't necessarily Oh, you've seen Inception, them. I'm assuming. I've seen Inception. Too. Yeah. Yes, Did obviously. you see Interstellar? I have not seen Interstellar. Interstellar, yeah. Uh, I was not a fan of Interstellar. Really? I know that you, there it has its defenders. Um, that one I was disappointed by. Hmm. Um, but generally, I would say I'm a huge fan of Chris Nolan's. Um, this movie was where I, I saw this movie. Um, when it came out, and I, th- my reaction to this movie was, whatever this guy does, I'm going to see because, like, I will follow this guy anywhere after having seen this movie. Got it. Now I know he typically, or at least in a lot of cases, will write the movies with his brother. Also, yes. And is this one written by his co-written with his brother as well? This one is uh from a Jonathan Nolan story. Okay. So Chris has sole screenwriting credit, but originally conceived by Jonathan Nolan. Okay. So yeah, to a certain extent. All right. The, he's involved here as well. Um, and I think, and yeah, Jonathan, yeah, they have definitely had this partnership. His wife, Emma Thomas, always produces his movies, which is the case here as well. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a real family affair for yeah. Chris Nolan. Um, uh, I always say that this movie came out May 25th, 2001. This is Christopher Nolan's second film as a director. Probably a good second film. Yeah. Uh, hardly anybody saw his first movie. So this was basically his debut, I think, to at least to U.S. audiences. What was his first movie? His first movie was a movie called Following, which was sort of a noirish kind of a, it's, it's a, 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 like a no-budget um, British film. Almost, almost borderline student movie, I would say. Mm. Like he made it right out of college. Is it good? It's interesting for sure. Uh, it's all right. Um, it, what it What it's interesting it shows is... You can kind of see the beginning of Chris Nolan's style mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, but he just doesn't have the resources yet. I, and I think it was meant to be that. It was sort of a mission statement, kind of a calling card movie, more than it was a, a fully realized picture. Um, and I, and that's ob- and obviously it worked because it got him to this, yeah. Um, which was still a, a this is a pretty small movie. I mean, in comparison to what we know Chris Nolan as now, which is I mean the guy makes major films, right? Um, Everybody has to start somewhere. This is true, but I mean, this got him to this got him the attention of Warner Brothers. Um, in, after this movie, he made a movie that I don't know a lot of people saw called Insomnia, with uh, Al Pacino and Robin Williams. Yeah, I've heard of that movie, but I have never seen it. Yeah, it's it's an interesting movie. It's really good, um, but I, not not a ton of people saw that. But once again, kind of got enough acclaim that somebody handed him the reins of the Batman franchise, and then he becomes you know, yeah. the Chris Nolan we know now. Yeah. But yeah, he's 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 had an interesting career, and uh, it, it, I think it really starts here. Um, so that's that's kind of an, another interesting reason to look look at this film. Um, stars Guy Pierce, is cool, the, is the lead. Cool. Yeah. You're familiar with Guy Pierce's work. I know Guy Pierce. Yeah. Uh, Carrie Ann Moss. Nice. Uh, Joe Pantoliano. Uh, I recognize the name, and I will probably be able to put the face to the another name, Matrix but... actor, actually, which is interesting. So. Yeah. He plays Cypher in the yeah. first Matrix movie, okay. um, amongst numerous other things. Um, yeah, uh, independently financed. Uh, we'll talk about some of the production stuff later because I, I, I want to. <laughs> we'll experience the movie and then I'll get into some of the some of the facts I have about how they made this movie. Um, yeah, I think I think that's gonna. I think we're gonna just take All a right. look at the movie now. Sounds good. And uh, and then we'll come back. And uh, and we'll talk about uh, what we saw. So in true memento fashion, yeah. will this be the last segment that yes. is actually in the podcast? Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. You're hearing this at the end. Okay. Um, and, yeah. Okay. Sounds good. No one's going to know what the hell we're talking about. Okay, cool. 
Fantastic. All right, we'll see you guys in a second. Okay, so we're back, and we've now watched Memento. And definitely not talked about Star Wars. <laughs> Certainly not. and coming back. Oh, we would not do that at all. That'd right. be crazy talk. Right. Um, and, t- and a total waste of everyone's time. Oh, yeah. Um, so I always like to start with sort of an initial broad strokes reaction, and then we'll get more into specifics. Um, Cole, your, your just... Uh, Instant reaction here to Christopher Nolan's Memento. I like it. Okay. Um, I watching it. I don't feel like it's a confusing movie. I feel mm, like mm. I, I track it very well. Okay. Um, but now I'm glad that you know the movie so well mm-hmm. because trying to think back at the order of events as they happen in the movie, yeah, is hard. Like I'm, I'm, I for instance, I can't remember like how, um. They end up going to her house. Ah, I don't remember like how that happens. Mm. They must leave the bar and then go to their house. Yes, but there maybe there's, there's just not a scene of them getting into the car. There is not. Like no, that. there's not. Okay, so I mean, I know like okay, they're here and then they're there mm-hmm. and then they're there. So they must go from this point to that point. Yes, but yeah, and the movie. I mean, the movie doesn't hold your hand by any means. No. I mean, no. if, if anything, it's it's sort of leading you astray in lots of places. Right. I mean, I think something Christopher Nolan does, uh, people have always talked about it, his movies are, are, are almost built like puzzles. You know, I mean, they, there are all these pieces, and you have to kind of go, okay, well, now how does that fit to, oh, okay, oh, I think it, yeah, I think I see it there. Yeah. Um, I remember, it's interesting you say that, because I remember um, seeing Inception, everybody going, it's so confusing. It's I went, I didn't confusing. find that movie confusing no, at all. confusing. You have the different layers to the dream, and then there is the mystery about um, Mal. Yeah, and I thought he did, on that one, I thought he did a really good job of keeping you oriented. Right. I mean, at the beginning, you're confused, but purposely so, because it sort of starts in media res. Right. Um, but, you know, I, I, I at no point had, because people were going like, what level are we, what layer? I'm like, it, it, they're visually, clearly um, with music, he does it as well in that movie. Well, yeah, uh, I mean, like, okay, you're like, reality is all over the place yeah um and then the next level down the first level is the hotel uh-huh or no the first level no the first level is is, is the, the the city yeah and the, the, then the van goes off the bridge right uh, the second level is the hotel and then the third level mm-hmm. is um the uh the third level is the uh the fortress yes yeah exactly we're the most bond like mm-hmm. part of the um, now it's interesting. I watching this again. I haven't watched this in a while. I've seen this movie probably three or four times, but I haven't watched it in a few years. It's you can see where Chris. I mean, this is a Chris Nolan movie. Like a yeah. lot of his signature things are present here, just in his second film. Mm-hmm. Um, he doesn't have obviously the money that he'll have later, right? But 
I mean, and part of that is also uh, to talk about sort of the some of the technical aspects of the movie. Uh, Wally Feister, his longtime cinematographer, is shooting this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, who sh- who shot everything he's made except Interstellar. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, so I have a good reason to not watch Interstellar. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's got Hoyt Van Hoytenmeyer though doing it, who's mm-hmm. a yeah, pretty amazing good. cinematographer. Um, yeah, Wally Feister said he wanted to direct something, so oh, that's okay. why he ended up not doing Interstellar. Although that movie kind of blew up, it was called uh, was it Transcendence? Oh, Did you remember this? Yeah, where, the Johnny Depp one, where Johnny Depp becomes a a computer. I love the concept of that movie, mm-hmm. but damn it, there's something in the execution. Yep. Um, I mean, and I, and people were very quick on that one to go, well, it's a cinematographer making it. Maybe he has no business directing. I'm not sure it's his fault. No. It's I, a it's a really nice looking movie certainly. I, yeah, I think, and it's like yeah, it's a great idea. I think the problem in that movie lies in um in the way they chose to go about like the the events yeah. that ha- that occur. I think so. Yeah, I think script problems on that one for sure, yeah. not his fault. Um, Memento. Memento. Yeah. Uh, but it's interesting. I, I, I'm looking around. I'm trying to get a budget on this movie because I don't think they had a ton of money here. Yeah, I'm gonna guess. I mean, you had let's let's go through the locations. You had the abandoned warehouse. Yep. Um, you had the motel. You have the motel. You have the bar. Mm-hmm. You, you have, have her house. Natalie's house. You have the tattoo parlor. Yeah. Um, you have more. You have a few more locations in some of the flashback scenes. Yes. Because um, you have Leonard's house where his wife was killed. Yes. Um, and then. Um, you also have the trailer park. Nine million thing. is what the budget is Nine being million. quoted me as. Yeah, I mean, so you know, I can see that a mid-level kind of indie movie. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, I mean, that's 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 more money than either of us have ever seen on making right. a movie. I, I I I never worked on a production with nine million. I don't think. Because um, you worked on a few that had. A, a little bit and kind of. Right. I know you worked on a few that kind of just blew some money very quickly too. Yes, there's <laughs> that also. Um, but no, I, I nine million is that's a true production. Yeah, there, you know, I mean, like, like the idea of nine million to me is that like I would be very comfortable with nine million dollars. Right. Well, but at, when you have nine million dollars, you know your your equipment expenses, your rental expenses are astronomical. Yes. Um, I mean, this so, is a nice looking movie. Oh yeah. Yeah, the the lighting is great throughout it. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, we'll, 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 yeah, we can start here because I mean, you you are a lighting guy. Um, I because I I certainly wanted to talk to you about the lighting in this movie. I, I mean, with the cinematographer, like the caliber of cinematographer that they have in this movie, mm-hmm. the 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 shots are really clean. Yep. They they definitely had like spent a lot of money on having a good camera. Oh, yeah. or at least having good lenses. That's sure. the key. I mean that yeah, that's always been the discussion I've had with you and, and, and other film people I know, which is it's all about the glass at the end of the day. Right. Yeah. I mean your camera can be, you know, whatever. Hell, right. we shoot on iPhones now. Sure, yeah. So you, you know, you, but it's all about the glass. Yep. Um and the glass is more important than basically anything else. Mm-hmm. Um hell, not to like put a time stamp on this <laughs> recording or anything but revenant um that leonardo DiCaprio. yeah yeah, yeah. It has, it, there's no lighting it's all natural yep. light and i'm assuming a lot of grip a lot of bounce and shaping mm-hmm. the natural light when and you're I talking mean, about emmanuel lebeski who, who's one of my favorite cinematographers right. uh did gravity did uh birdman right uh the guy's a genius yeah uh, he could be looking at three Academy Awards in a row if wow. he wins for The Revenant. That'd be awesome. Yeah, I don't think anybody's ever done that before, and deservedly so. That guy yeah. 
is a genius. Yeah. Um, but yeah, this it, it, it's interesting. Yeah, they they did a lot with they shot this movie in twenty five days. I can see it. Um, that would be a rough shoot. Oh yeah. Um, but it in a way it's very nice. You because you you're you're not in very many locations. Mm-hmm. Um, in the movie, it seems like you keep going back to locations many many times. Right. But really. Shooting wise, you wouldn't need to. You have her house during the day. I forget what her character's name. Natalie. Is. Natalie. You have Natalie's house during the day. You have Natalie's house at night. Um, mm-hmm. You're not there any more than that. Right. You have the bar once. Yeah. You... I mean, Carrie Ann Moss worked eight days on this movie. Yeah, I can see it. Um, Guy Pierce was there for all of the, the yeah. shoot, of course. Well, yeah. I mean, he's in every scene of this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's probably some, uh, like, B-camera off doing some mm-hmm, stuff, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, no, I, I can see 25 days. I know how easily it is to uh, only make, like, three pages in a day. Yeah. That's that's rough. Oh, yeah, it's it, it's tough stuff. And, and you know, I mean, this is a movie, too, that, that, that has a lot of, um, it's a thriller. Yes. But not, there's not a, there's not a lot of action, per se, in this movie. Right. It's a. Uh, I guess it'd fall more on the psychological thriller, yeah. Kind of. Kind of. It's a mystery thriller. It's a detective story in yeah. a lot of ways. I mean, with a, with a very. I mean, we can get into the plot of the movie. I mean, it's a detective story with a very unique kind of detective character. Yeah, you have uh, the your perspective character is completely unreliable. Oh, and totally. Has, and has to um, work off of the information that he has saved for himself. Yeah, Guy Pierce plays Leonard Shelby, a man who has. Um, short-term memory loss. Yeah, or yeah, complete short-term memory loss, but not um, like his. He can't even form long-term memories. Well, yeah, eventually. yeah. As, as as he says, yeah, he he's incapable of forming new memories. Right. Well, well, not necessarily. Um, and this goes into some of the the mystery of the film towards the end. Is, well, that... <laughs> is he actually forming memories? And but shaping them to be what he wants them to be this isn't yeah this is an interesting well and this gets into this whole thing which is the the mystery of this movie is not so much who killed leonard's wife which is what it seems like up front right it turn as it turns out that probably i mean because uh at the at the end of the movie mm-hmm. conceivably we are getting the truth conceivably yes we are we are getting the truth he might be fudging some facts but Conceivably, well, I would believe that yes, they found his the, the killer a year ago. Well, I mean, uh, let, let's 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 back up a little bit to the beginning of the movie because we can talk about how uh, accurate how, whether or not they even found the killer. But um, uh, the uh, let's so this movie this movie starts in a very striking manner. Yeah, the um, starting on just holding the Polaroid mm-hmm. in absolute stillness. And then occasionally shaking it, and each time it gets shook, mm-hmm. it or shaken, it it gets um, less clear. Yes, because it, and then you figure out that it's it's going developing. backwards. And yeah. so, yeah, we're moving backwards, and then right. the whole scene resolves slowly back into what it was. Blood starts to trickle backwards. The gun comes back into Guy Pearce's hand, and eventually the body comes back up mm-hmm. and then turns. Yep, uh, really striking beginning to this movie. You have no idea what the hell's going on at right. the start of this film. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're. What we're conditioned to do is to make assumptions based on the information we're given. Mm-hmm. But this movie actively plays against that. Right. Because, no. Yeah. Because 
just like us, the main character, Guy Pierce is or Leonard is making assumptions off of the information that he has. Yeah, he has I mean he has no choice almost to that right. extent. Uh so we're we, we start we start in this this sequence. Um and then throughout the movie we're the movie's backwards, basically. Right. We basically see the events of the film occur backwards. Yeah. Every every scene every scene I mean plays out forwards in time, but every, the scene order is backwards. Yes. Except for the part of the movie that's moving linear, which right. are these black and white scenes of Leonard talking to someone on a phone. Which turns out are the earliest things in the movie. Yes. Other than the actual flashbacks to like the night of the attack and his home. work as an insurance investigator yes. investigating uh, um, Sammy Jenkins. Right. I should remember that name is said 400 million times in this movie. But, but honestly, who knows how accurate that is? Well, and that gets into some stuff as we get into this movie. Once again, this is where you start to get into these discussions about who is Sammy Jenkins? Uh, right. Who is John G? Did John G kill Leonard's wife? Right. Who knows about all of this stuff? Right. Um, and the movie does not it really spell it out for you ever. Right. It leaves everything hanging because at the end you're giving – all throughout the movie we're looking for all the information that we want and that right. we need. And by the end of the movie we have too much information because, and it all conflicts against itself. Right. Exactly. Um, I mean, the, this movie, yeah, the – Chris Nolan is is brilliant with his structuring. I think mm-hmm. really that his his skill lies in his ability to tell these puzzle, you know these puzzle pieces. He's been accused of being kind of a cold filmmaker uh, that his movies lack certain emotional beats that maybe and, and I don't I don't think they I don't think his movies come off as cold to me. I don't think he's as good as some filmmakers at at yeah. uh, at emotions maybe, um, but he's not George Lucas. No. No, he's not George Lucas, um, but no one's George Lucas. <laughs> Only even George Lucas doesn't no, want to be George Lucas. Yeah, George Lucas isn't even George Lucas. No, um, uh, but yeah, I mean, it is. It is interesting that yeah, this film definitely. It's a very visceral experience, but it's also it's a very heady movie. Yeah, yeah, I'd say so. Um, it's uh, it's it's really. Interest, it's, a, it's a really interesting experience, and I've yes. never had this experience while watching a movie before. Mm. Um, and, I mean, any any story that you really consume ever, whether it's a book or a movie or, or whatever, hardly ever takes this approach. Right. And now, anything that would take this approach would be considered to be basically like ripping off Memento. Yes, in absolutely. Some, in, in a way. Oh, for sure. Whether, even if the structure worked perfectly for it yeah um, there's another film called irreversible that, that that uses the same structure of moving backwards mm-hmm. um that i can think of that came out a few years after this it's a french film that's really good but i did warn anyone if they're i don't know if anyone's taking my advice on, on movies to watch but yikes that is a very bleak and brutal movie um but it, it's it's a it's a revenge story told backwards mm. um much it's a much different movie than this but in in its structure is somewhat similar yeah but uh, yeah, so we, we we get this sense that uh, I mean we we're, we're introduced to Leonard shooting Teddy, right? Joe Pantoliano's character in the head. We have no context for why, no, none whatsoever. And then the next scene is them showing up at this place, right? Coming together, um, yeah, to this place, and then him just uh, 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 Leonard just murdering him, right? 
conceivably at for the information we have at that point for no reason right and then uh at, i forget when we first see the the polaroid that has all, everything that he's written on yes which is uh the it's ted and the, it's a picture of teddy and on the front is his name and phone his number. phone number and then on the back it says don't believe his lies uh he's the one and then kill, kill him. him yeah yeah that is that that is the information on the the photo. Yeah, and I'm but, not sure specifically what scene we get that we first get all. Yeah, of that I don't. I'm not. I'm not entirely in. sure on that either. But we at, the, at this point we don't know what the one means. We don't know what any of this right. is. We only know we're we're introduced uh, when when we see uh, Leonard in in the lobby of this motel, and he explains his condition. Yeah, yeah. and I think. You had they had to explain it at some point in time very early on. Oh yeah, to even make the movie be able to progress forward. Oh with, sure, and have us follow it in any way, shape, or form. Um, but then throughout the movie, continuing, it, it becomes one of his mannerisms. Right, is people need to know about my condition because yeah, it's weird. And, and a cer- at a certain point in the movie, it even just becomes him going, "Have I told you about my condition?" And and, and, and they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, yes. yeah, yes, yes, Every, yes, you've told me about it." Right. And also, Sammy Jenkins, the the story of because he has ta- one of the ways he tries to remember things is he's tattooing things on his body that need to be remembered. Right. Writing themselves notes, but you need a system of organization. Right. Because you don't remember anything, so what if you misplace a note? So really mm-hmm. important things need to be tattooed on you. Exactly. It just so happens his tattoos are all about the murder of his wife. Right. He has tattooed backwards across the top part of his chest, John G. raped and murdered your wife. Yeah. Um, and then I, I believe below that it says find him and kill him. Yes, find him and kill him. And then there's different facts yes. tattooed on him in different in various places like there on are, his arms there are six facts yeah um that he's sort of put together um about it and uh what those are i'm trying to remember exactly uh one of them is that his name is john g he's uh, he's a white male. male yeah white male um one of uh fact five i think was uh drugs yep uh was that um he is a drug dealer mm-hmm. um uh, six is a license plate. Six number. is a license plate number. Um, I, do we even see the other ones? I'm trying to remember what they are. Um, I don't know if we do. I'm sure we do, and I'm sure somebody's shouting what they are right now, listening to this. Uh, but <laughs> they, uh, or at least loudly thinking. Yes, loudly thinking that the, the facts. Anyway, it, it. I mean, those are the important ones, obviously, because those are the ones we remember. Right. Um and but the other thing he has tattooed on the the back of his hand almost by his thumb is uh remember Sammy Jenkins. Yeah. And Sammy Jenkins is this thing that runs throughout the movie almost like a a parable of some sort. Yeah, I think that's actually a, a really great way to put it is uh, the parable of Sammy Jenkins, mm-hmm. the man who got in an accident, has no short-term memory, right. and whose life is destroyed because of it. Yes. And the part that Leonard plays in that which is that he's actually like the thing that ends up being the destruct, uh, triggering the destruction of his life. Right. Because uh, what we find is that Leonard was a, uh, an insurance investigator um, before he became this short term. Uh, before his before before, before his accident, and now he, he he also exists only to seek vengeance. Now, yeah, he is he is a spirit of vengeance. Yeah, completely. 
Um, and so he's he's on this. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. It, it has a detective quality to it, but it's really a, a, a story of vengeance at its core as well. Yeah, <clears throat> and uh, and so we we find out that yeah, that it was it was Leonard who um, figures out that that whatever happened to Sammy was not if it's not a physical condition, it's a psychological condition, right? Um, which, or at least that's what his recommendation is, because right. do- the doctors say that because of the testing they do on him. It should be. He should be able to mental. Yeah, he should be. Even if he can't form short term memory, he should. He should be able to be conditioned, right, to do like things. Physical conditioning, muscle memory. Yeah, effectively, he should be he, able to. He yeah. should. He should be able to pick a, a correct order eventually of non electrified blocks. Right. right. For a lack of a better term. And I was reading. I was reading some stuff about this, and this. That's. Uh, this is all real. This is a real condition. That is really one of the ways that they test people. Mm-hmm. Is that and so um, it, it, it's interesting. I, I can't even imagine what living with this would be like. Um, it would just, that's just crazy to me. Well, it's pretty rare. I mean, yeah, I would yeah, say it, it's, it's not. Very, it's not. It's not super rare. common. But I mean, I can think of a couple movies uh, beyond just this one that have dealt with things like this mm. and in very different ways. I mean. Um, there was uh, Fifty First Dates. Yes, she has short term memory loss. Yeah, um, and in that they choose like everyone around her chooses to just make all of the days the same day. Yeah, um, yeah. Which and and you know that that's actually a pretty good movie, uh, right? Because uh, I mean, and then it sort of becomes like, is that really the right way to approach this? Right. Um, or like, should she you know remain locked in time, or like, can she continue on? Um, yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it's an interesting concept, and it, it's it's something that movies can, would on, would want to touch on because it does have an inherent sort of dramatic nature to it, right? Um, but this movie, I mean, conceivably he has he had no one to kind of make that choice for him mm-hmm. um, to decide what path his life would effectively take after um, the accident. Mm-hmm. Um, this is insane. Uh, if you go to the Wikipedia for this movie, you can actually uh, there's a, there's an actual graph of the progression of the plot of this movie that that points to sort of where the black and white sequences intersect with the color sequences. And there's a really cool moment near the end where it actually fades from black and white to color. Yeah, I found that to be that was really interesting. Um, that moment. Um. Yeah, um, because. Yeah, throughout the movie, he's looking for this elusive John G. Or I even like that he—he's not even sure if it's John G. It might be James G. He also says right. at one point, John or J- he keeps saying like that it's blazoned on his chest. John G. raped and murdered your wife. I mean, right. that seems. But then that's just like also it might be James G. Right. Which is kind of one of the first indicators. It's like, well, wait a minute, what? How is he not sure about that? Right. Um, going back a little bit, uh, one of the. I love the scene um, where the first time he wakes up in the motel mm-hmm. um, and it's you, you have his inner monologue going, okay, it's a, a nondescript motel, nothing in the drawers. And s- you see that every time he wakes up in a motel, he does this exact same thing. Yeah. So he is forming some sort of memories or at least the conditioning, but it's a mental conditioning. It's not right. a physical conditioning. Um, 
because he goes and he checks the drawers every yes. single time. He wakes up in a motel room. Right. He tries to find out where he is, what's going on. Exactly. Um, yeah. It, it, um, this movie has one of the best uses of voiceover in it because. I mean, a general rule of thumb in screenwriting is not to use voiceover. That's yeah, something that, that that's pounded into people like me in screenwriting classes. Um, but I always feel like there's an asterisk next to that rule because there's a handful of movies that use it very effectively. And I've always come from the school of thought with screenwriting where if it works, it works. It, yeah, if it works, it works. I mean, there's an asterisk never, next to every rule. Exactly. Because no, there is no rule that should not be broken under the right circumstances. Right. You just have to know why you're breaking it. Right. That's, that's how I've always looked or, at it. I mean, maybe sometimes you don't, but mm-hmm. it just works out. That, that, <laughs> those are some of my favorite moments when I hear filmmakers go, I don't know why I did it. I just, it, it, just it, it just fit, you know? Yeah. like. Uh, and that's true. And I think here, I mean, part of it is that this movie is so much about a mental process right. that I don't know how else you would do that. And also Guy Pierce's performance in the voiceover is exceptional. I mean, Guy Pierce in general throughout this movie, I mean, he carries this picture. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, and He's in every scene. And, and it's not like we're getting the full thought process mm-hmm. necessarily. It's very specific. When he's alone, mm-hmm. when he needs, when when you're you're really with him in the scene, yeah. Um, those those uh, the voiceover is very directed, yes. Um, as to what it needs to, uh, as to what you're doing and what he's doing, what needs to be done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, exactly. And then there's there's all these moments where you, I mean, it really puts you into the mindset of this character because. This movie, per- as I said, sort of purposely disorients you in, in a lot of ways. Right. And I think the voiceover contributes to that because we're sort of in this headspace of like, okay, what, what, what's going on? What's over right. here? What, what am I looking at there? I mean, one of the – I remember the when this movie was coming out, I saw a, a clip of it, which was the clip where he's um, running and he's like, why am I chasing okay, this guy? so what, what am I doing? Yeah, what am I doing? Oh. I'm chasing this guy. I'm chasing him. And then the guy shoots at him. around the corner and goes, oh, no, I'm running from him. Yeah, he's chasing me. Uh, And I just thought, I I remember seeing that clip and being like, this is a cool movie. What is this? Right. Like, I like this idea, whatever whatever this this vibe that this film is giving off. And this movie, like, did exceptionally well for being an independent movie. People were quite stunned by Mm -hmm. how much people got into this movie. Well, it's super easy to make $9 million back. (laughs) Yeah, this this movie was a wildly successful film. That made thirty nine point seven million dollars at the box office. Ooh, wow! Yeah, but that's thirty million dollars more than they spend. Right. So yeah, well, I mean, uh, year after year, the most successful monetarily, at least, movies are horror films that cost nothing to make. People people frequently ask, "Oh, why do they make so many horror movies?" Like, because they cost nothing and, and they, they bring in money, tons of money. I mean, look at um, like the Purge franchise in particular, right? Those are under $10 million movies. Yeah, they cost and, nothing. And they make like 60 Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. Paranormal Activity costs what? Like the first one, a few thousand, really. I mean, like, I don't yeah, know. It was it's made like, for nothing. Like, like $15,000, something like that. Made like $150 million. Yeah. That's insane. Yes. I, I don't want to get off on a rant no. about that, so I won't. But I, we can, I can argue about whether or not that's even a movie, technically. Um, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> anybody can set up a video camera. Um right. But uh, it, this movie, it, so, so throughout this movie, it, it is interesting. Even as many times as I've seen it, when you talk about the progression of events, it, it, it's like the movie purposely drags you in so many different directions that I'm having uh, trouble to a certain extent. But we can talk at the very least about sort of the broad strokes of, of, of the way this, this plot 
plays out. Yeah. Um, and I'm sorry for everyone at home because I think this is going to be just as confusing as watching this. Um, <laughs> as we sort of try to unpack what what goes on in this film. Uh, and I think I was telling you, I didn't say it on mic, but there, there's a, there's a, uh, on, on the, and one of the DVD releases of it, there was a way that you could watch it chronologically. And I've, I've heard about that, and I believe someone, um, you can find it on YouTube, but mm-hmm. it's not from the DVD. It's that someone went and um, recut the movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I know somebody, I, I, I watched a little bit of it. Somebody did that with Pulp Fiction as well. Oh, yeah. And I heard that is as equally boring as Memento is when it yeah, happens in Yeah, because they're not... Order. I mean, these movies are written this way. It's not. It's not like they wrote normal a normal structure and then went. Let's jumble it around. Right. Like these movies were designed to be told in the way that they are. Yeah. Now, Pulp Fiction is not as purposely confusing, and if anything is, uh, you, Pulp Fiction has has a structure because it's sort of trying to be interconnected short stories. Right. So each each one has sort of its own beginning, middle, and end. They just happen to take place around one another. Right. Um. But sometimes leading into each other, exactly. But not necessarily. They're always. they're thematically connected things that exist in the same world, right? Uh, this movie is purposefully, oh yeah, disorienting and confusing. Yeah. Well, one of the biggest misleads I think is the whole thing. What after basically the whole series of events after he leaves her house. Yes. After after he leaves uh, Natalie's house, house. Um, and there's. The chase, like the 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 truck at coming after him. Yeah. And there's the chase, um, and then leading back to hit to that guy's uh, motel room, mm-hmm. and then um, him not knowing why he's there and not feeling drunk, and then yeah, get, look- get, like he he goes, okay, well I'm in a bathroom. Uh-huh. Um, oh, I'm sweaty. I should. Like and yeah, he gets in the shower. When I yeah, I, I love the the starting the scene of him with the the bottle and going. I don't I'm feel drunk. drunk. Yeah, I don't. You know, and then and then that's also a great scene where he's like, check the drawers, nothing in here but a Bible and a, 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 gun. a gun. Yeah, okay, take the gun. Yeah, exactly. And then go over to the closet and there's a guy tied up in there. Yeah, it's like going, oh, huh. <laughs> yeah, and it, okay. Yeah, it, it, I, I don't know if I've ever seen a movie work is hard to put you in the mindset of its protagonist as this one does yeah like you are really confused like he is you are going like i don't know why is there a gun in there where who's that guy right but at the same time you're it's also a detective movie so even as you're confused and disoriented with every piece you're like oh that's where he got the gun that he's going to shoot him later with right. and that's where this came from and the so you, he's both distracting you and disorienting you in places but still giving you information that you would get from a normal like detective movie that's 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 why playing it in chronological order doesn't work because it does still have its reveals, right? And it does it still does follow a certain path, even though it's just going in the reverse order of what a normal story would would right. be. Um, I think the biggest mislead mm-hmm. of the whole thing probably is um, the whole Natalie storyline. Yes, because you think it is actually like in some way, like really tied into what he's doing. Yes, in his search when in reality. He stumbled. He comes into the bar, and then like she is just a manipulative, manipulative bitch, and like takes control of him. Basically. Well, I mean, to a certain extent. Now, Natalie's a really interesting character. It's played by Carrie Ann Moss. People know her from The Matrix, of course. Um, she was just on Jessica Jones from Marvel as well. Uh, yes, yes, she was. Yeah, yeah, oh, she's yeah. on there. Yeah, that is her. Yeah, she's a, she's a great actress. Um, but man, she's a bitch in that too. <laughs> But her character in this, when we we initially see her, she's giving uh, 
she's giving Leonard the information about um, Teddy, whose real name uh, is John G. I can't remember exactly it, what it is. It's, it's John something or other. Right. I, I, yeah. You know, details don't really matter. Um, but anyway, the, the fact In this that... this movie, details do not matter. To a certain all. extent. <laughs> um, he... So we, we find out that he's a John G, and, and from what we've seen of what the end of the story slash beginning of the movie is. That is what leads him to kill him. He, I mean, so what we're to assume is we're now going to get the story of why that guy killed his wife. Right. Like, that would be the, based on the information we're getting here, okay, she knew somebody who ran the driver's license, his license plate, which was the license plate tattooed as fact six. Yeah. That that was, so it, it's really interesting, like... I'm trying to put myself... I can't remember exactly what my mindset was watching this movie, but it seems like this movie's going nowhere because it's like, oh, okay, well, we're just getting the reasons why he did this thing. Right. Okay, but, well, it's pretty simple. If that's the guy that killed his wife, then right. fair enough. And throughout the movie, because Teddy keeps popping up. Yes. Like, And literally, he keeps just popping up. He just and he, yeah, he just pops into scenes. Um, and every time you're with him... And this is probably part of the conditioning that the movie does to the audience. Mm-hmm. He seems really untrustworthy. Yes. The way he talks and everything. Yep. And as it turns out, yes, he is trying to manipulate Leonard. Mm-hmm. He is. Um, but not, not necessarily. In the way that we yes. think. No, an interesting note there is that Dennis Leary was the first choice for Teddy. Really? Yeah. I could see that being very good also. Mm-hmm. I think Joe Pantoliano does a fantastic oh, yeah. job here. Great. Um, but yeah, I could I could see why why that would have been. And Brad Pitt was actually the first choice for Leonard. And I can see that too. Mm-hmm. Um, very much uh, in this, like basically him out of Fight Club. Yeah. Basically, I put him right in. Just well, that would have been. Yeah, that, I mean, this would have been just after that, and yeah. perhaps that's why he would have maybe not been interested in doing another twisty, mind bendy, yeah, kind of movie. That's would, would be um, my guess. My other thought would be budget concerns. Oh sure, yeah. Um, both Dennis Leary. And Brad Pitt are both very big name actors, yeah, and especially right around that time, also. Oh, for sure, for uh, sure, yeah. And and Guy Pierce was, you know, he'd been in things. Uh, he's since become a, a bigger oh, yeah. actor. Uh, Carrie Ann Moss was really. I mean, I remember, I remember even maybe checking this movie out initially because she was in it. I mean, this was right after the Matrix. Yeah, um, um, but it was probably sh- might have been shot before the Matrix. It was shot. It was after because it was Nolan it was, it was had liked her so much in the okay. Matrix that he, but he really went after her for this. Okay. And also, you, you're looking at an eight days of work, right? So she might have been willing to be like, "Oh, I can do eight days," and she gets to play a really interesting character. Ooh, yeah, we were kind of talking about Natalie. Uh, we meet Natalie, and and uh, you know, I think movies have conditioned us to sort of be like, "Oh, here's the girl in the story," right? Or or you know, accept what you're given. Yeah. Um, it turns out in this movie, nothing is reliable. Right. Nothing is reliable. Every bit of this movie. Yeah, this movie is not reliable. It's not. It's not even so much an unreliable narrator. Which this film directly lies to us in a couple yeah. places. Well, I'm trying to think what the the final bit of truth that we actually get in this movie is. I mean, what the effectively when we're watching it, uh-huh. what the earliest thing that actually holds to be true mm. throughout the movie is. And it's other, late in the game. Other than, like, because I don't necessarily even trust the tattoos. Uh-huh. Um, well, because his, he, has, he has a line, because throughout, the, throughout these black and white flashbacks, he's talking to someone on the phone. Right. We never hear them. Right. We, even by the end, I don't really know who he's talking to. Yeah, especially because, I'm just going to jump it, jump 
to that yeah. scene. When he gets to the lobby and he says, Officer, whatever. Yeah. Um, Teddy, who's Gammon, I think is actually yeah. John Gammon. Yeah. Teddy pauses. Yeah. And it's like, uh, yeah, this way. Yeah. And the excuse he gives that you kind of have to accept then is that he's an undercover detective, right. but or he's that he's working undercover. Mm-hmm. But I mean, even then, mm-hmm. I'm not sure. When Teddy says it's a cop who's calling him, right? And and he even says officer a couple times on the phone. Leonard does when he's talking. Mm-hmm. Um, and but once again, it's this. It, it, it's it's that's a mystery the movie does not solve. Right. And then at some point in time, he had tattooed on his arm. Don't answer the phone. Yes. Because yeah, that's a great reveal when he's sort of scratching at a tattoo, that's and then he knew. Yeah. That is absolutely brand new. And about half covered up. And about halfway through the movie. He lifts up the bandage on it and says, don't answer the phone. I think it says, never answer the phone. Yeah, never answer the phone. And then he immediately goes, he immediately asks, because he's on the phone, who is this? And yeah. the person hangs up. That's the only time we get any sound. It's just the clicking of the yeah, hang up. The, yeah. Is the, the yeah. Yeah. Phone. No, and, and so, yeah, so you're left to go. But but in, in these, um, what I was saying is, is you know, he's... Obviously, it's an expeditional device, the, the these phone calls. But at a certain point, it also becomes part of this paranoia feeling, right? Of because uh, immediately he, w- once he sort of starts to question that, we see him put a, a glass uh, to his ear into the wall, right? And uh, and then he, someone he, slips something under the door. Yeah, or do they? Like, it's, I mean, it's, I mean, they do because we see it. But I yeah. mean, then you sort of start to get into. Well, what do these black and white scenes mean? If they're black and white, what does that mean? They're moving linearly in a linear fashion. Yeah. And then you start to question: Was well, this real? Is it in his mind? Is he going crazy? What What's going on with these? How are the, they're they're noted because they're black and white, so they're different than the rest of the movie. Oh yeah. And the only other things that are in black and white are the Sammy Jenkins flashbacks. Yes. Um, those are also in black and white where we see. Well, but those are in black and white conceivably because those only occur. He only is telling the story of Sammy Jenkins in those phone conversations. Yeah. Uh, he starts to tell it in other parts of the movie. But it's always cut off. Right. Because people say, I know about Sammy. Right. You've told me about Sammy. Um, people are very impatient with him. Yeah. Which is understandable. Oh, sure. Because because of how he acts, he is always stumbling into whatever situation he's in. Because every time a new scene starts, mm-hmm. he has no idea what just happened. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and Guy Pierce plays this so well. He also plays it in a way that's really he, he doesn't just play it as constantly confused. I like when he I like when he tries to be very confident and go like, Well yes, and like just play along with things and try to figure it out from there. Right. Um Well and that goes into what he finally says at the end, like towards the end on the phone. Mm-hmm. Or in the narration or wherever it actually happens mm. because the facts are not important in this movie <laughs> um, is that he was wrong about Sammy Jenkins. He, like he thought he, he was faking. Turns out, no, he was just smiling and nodding and trying to like go on with his life. Right. Like you see someone, they act like they know you. So you must know them. So smile, nod, act like you have, like you recognize them. Right. Exactly. Um, and so, with the uh, to sort of get back to the this this yeah, thing that's sorry. going on with Natalie, uh, this because this is it's this separate thread throughout the movie that that for a lot of it you're trying to connect. I mean, you see her as this ally to him, 
Um, he has right up until the scene where you no longer see her as the ally. Right, and he has the he has a picture of her because he has he keeps these Polaroids. That's the other way he has of remembering things. Right. He's taking pictures of people and things and, and places, then and he writes notes on them. Yes, and with her, it says Natalie, and then there's something on the back that's crossed out. Yeah, and then after that, it says. She has also lost someone. She will help you out of pity. Right. Um, one thing that it does, uh, they do go into is that, um, or that he goes into in his head, or or during the narration, one talking on the phone. Yeah. Uh, whenever. Facts don't that, matter. Right. Facts that's, don't that's matter. That's the catchphrase yeah, of this one. Facts don't matter. Yeah. Is that um, uh, you learn to trust your own handwriting. Yes. Um, like your handwriting is the only thing that can be gospel. Right. Everything else is your. You have to be unsure of. And this is actually key to what's crossed out on this. If yes. you know later, um, because as we uh, we we find out what her deal, she lost somebody to John G as well is what she is what she tells him. Her at, at one point in time. Yes, her boyfriend, or conceivably we don't really get his. But I mean, yes, right. I mean wh- whatever. Yes, her boyfriend. Uh, went to a meeting with a John G. Yeah. And never came back. Yes. Uh, well, no. Went to a meeting with, uh, well, at one point it's John G. And then later, technically earlier in the movie, but uh-huh. later yes. in the movie, it's um, went to a meeting with Teddy. Yes. And then never came back. Went to a meeting with Teddy with a bunch of money. Yes. And then never came back. Because, I mean, as as we learned, Teddy is John G. Or is a John G. Right. Uh, it becomes this... Uh, John G almost could become anybody. I mean, that's, right. and that, to a certain extent, that's what a lot of the end of this who, movie has who to do. Is Kaiser Sose. Yeah, John G is a little bit Kaiser Sose. Um, he's Kevin Spacey the whole time. Uh, oh God, no! <laughs> but Kevin Spacey's not even in the movie. <laughs> no, Kevin Spacey's secretly in every movie. Oh, okay. that's what Usual Suspects taught me. Got it. Um, <laughs> he uh, he'll always show up, uh, just it. like he does in Seven. Um, yeah, he just walks into that movie. Um, so. With her, yeah, we get the one of my favorite scenes in this movie is this scene where we you see this turn. With well, let's that. let's talk about the scene that leads up to the yes, turn because because um, it opens with him frantically searching yeah. through like uh, a bureau going or um, in his head going you like concentrate you have to remember find a find a pen you have yeah. to write this down find a pen you have to write this down we just dropped in on that this and, whole movie is just dropping us into things and then outside you hear a door uh, a car door closing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she comes in, and she, uh, Natalie, is like bleeding from her nose, and her lip is bloody. Yeah, and she's got a big black eye, and this is injuries that she has in every scene that we've seen her in up until this. Throughout point. this, there, there's a few things like this because Leonard also has like a scratch on his face the whole movie as right. well that you, we don't have context for. Right, because he has that in the final scenes. Yes, um, even so, something happened even before. Right. Um, and he even checks it a couple of times going, oh, how did I get this? Yeah. Um, but no, so she comes in and then it's, uh, um, okay, like, are you okay? What happened? Yeah. All this kind of stuff. And she says that, oh, who was it? Um, Dodd. That Dodd. Um, Dodd is uh, is is looking for the, like, well, because Dodd, er- Dodd Beater. Because earlier in the movie, or once again, later, later in the story... He shows up at her place with a picture of a of a earlier, uh, earlier in the story, later in the movie. Yes. Wait, earlier in the story? No, 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 no. He's uh, no. This is this is earlier in the story. 
No, it's earlier in the movie, later in the story. It's after this that this happens. Sure, let's just go. <laughs> facts don't matter, Cole. Right, facts uh, don't matter. Uh, but anyway, he he had shown her a picture of a bloody a, a guy who's bloodied with tape over his mouth that said Dodd. And he's like, who's Dodd? Right. Yeah. Because that that actually is after we see him wake up in bed with her. Right. Yeah, because there's this whole thing about, like, they suddenly, like, they're having some sort of relationship. Right. Um because the, the first time we see Natalie, she's she gives him in the information diner. in the packet, and she she gives him back the hotel room key that he left at her house. Right, and so we know that at some point in time he has to end up there. Right. Um, turns out that's like two scenes after that mm-hmm. is there because which is this is a great thing as well where he wakes up and he goes. Where am I? Well, right. I'm in. Okay, I'm in somebody's bedroom, and he turns over, and there's a woman next to him, and it's he's like, like, "Oh, probably hers. It must be hers." Yeah. <laughs> like, I do like this about like okay well now this is I mean if if the only thing you remember is I need to kill the man who killed my wife well but he doesn't, he doesn't even necessarily remember that no the only thing the, he as he says a couple times the last thing he remembers is his wife and then later he uh, revises that to the last thing I remember is my wife dying right well I think he usually leaves off the dying part yeah which I really like that that line progression with with Natalie where he says, he says right. Last thing I remember was my wife. She's like, "That's oh, nice, that's sweet." Yeah. Dying, dying. Oh. My wife dying is what I remember. Yeah. Um, which we do see flashes to throughout the movie is this image of of her on the bathroom floor with a plastic bag over her head. Yeah, and it, it, it those images come into clearer and clearer focus. As Initially, they're on. real, just quick flashes where you have no, like you can't no make context. out what it is at, at, at all. Um, but so through that, we kind of backtrack to. Whoever this person Dodd is is an antagonist of some sort, right? Who has hurt Natalie, right? Um, and Dodd ends up being the guy in the closet, yes. Um, uh, and then we find that Dodd was the guy that was chasing him, yes. Um, uh, and who broke his window, which we saw earlier that he well, had shot his window, out. shot his window, yeah, because uh, um, he has a shattered window in his car yeah, in his very nice car which they keep talking very about very nice car in his very nice suit he has a very nice suit and a very nice car right. throughout the movie it's a jaguar and then he's got this like nice kind of tan suit yeah um i think at some point in time they say it's a silk suit or something yeah. like that um it's i mean it it looks nice yeah oh, yeah, for sure, no, yeah it's a great suit he's a well he's very well dressed yeah for um, sure and they keep talking about like oh he's got all this money and you know it's like right what are people going to think is yeah. what is what Teddy in particular keeps saying. Yeah. Which is kind of an odd. Uh, and then, like, uh, what he says. Um, he's always trying to convince him to get out of town. Yes. He needs to leave. Right. And he says, um, uh, uh, the insurance, my wife died. And he's right. like, yeah, and you took that to a Jaguar dealership? Like, that doesn't add right. up. Um, and But once again, we're to think nothing of this. Right. Because uh, the facts don't matter. The facts don't matter. Um, and But what we see here is is... To go back to the scene we were talking about, which is uh, Natalie says, because he's like, well, who did this to you? And she's like, who do you think did it to me? Dodd did this to me. Right. And we're like, oh, Dodd. I mean, oh. so, and then, of course, we're like, oh. Well, it's a good wh- thing Dodd's like, well, Dodd's wh- not dead. Dodd's not even dead. They don't kill Dodd. They, like, mm-hmm. drove him out somewhere and left him. Right, exactly. But we're, we're once again, as an audience, because, and, and just as people conditioned to be like, 
Oh, somebody oh. hit this woman? What a right. monster. Right. Um, and then literally, is it is it the next scene? It is we, the next scene. We just right go. After, right after. Yeah. So this right, is this is brilliant filmmaking right here. Right after the the interstitial of him talking on yes. the phone with somebody, um, when we come back, and I is that the scene where we get is that interstitial the one where he finds the patch that's like don't it might be it might be because this is kind of the turn of where how those turns. how those two interact with one, I have no I I really. Even that, having seen it three or four times, yeah, I don't know entirely how things line up between those two, right? Uh, like storylines. Um, but the very next thing coming back is, um, her coming. She is Natalie's walking into her house, mm-hmm. um, and she's very upset, or she seems very upset, yeah. Um, and she's talking about, um, like, and she's not beaten at this point, and she's not beaten. Uh, and she's talking about Dodd uh, and like the money mm-hmm. and um, and that John or that no um, that some guy uh-huh. who we haven't whose name we haven't heard yet yeah um, uh, went to a meeting with Teddy and never came back right um, and, and so on and so forth um, and so she wants him to kill Teddy yeah or so, I think. Or no, uh, Dodd is angry because Dodd wants his money. Right. Dodd is very angry because Dodd wants his money. Um, <laughs> damn it, if they just looked in the trunk of the car. <laughs> Which um, they never do. No, they never do. The trunk is never opened. That's interesting. I think about that. There's a gun and, and $250,000. Right. Nobody, in the trunk of the car. Nobody ever looks in the trunk. Yeah. Um, but uh, so she wants him to, I think, kill Dodd. Yeah. Um. And, or to take care of him. Take and, care of him. Because that's what's written on the back of the right, of the is, picture of Dodd. Is take care of him. Take, does it say take care of him for Natalie? Yes. Take care of him for Natalie. Yeah. Um, and uh, and there's also, he has a physical description of Dodd. Yeah he, ha- he has a, yeah, he has a, a piece of paper with his description it's written like down. like white male, like six something or other. Because that's what, he, that's what he asks for when she comes back beaten. He's like, I'm going to go deal with this guy. Right. Uh, give me a description of him. And she right. takes a... And she's... Oh, yeah, that's right. Because she goes, I have a pen. He's looking around, and she's like, I have a pen in my purse. Right. Because what we see... Is as soon as... When she comes in, the first thing she does, she goes over to the bureau, and she takes the pens that are in the cup, uh-huh. and she goes and reaches into the bureau. Yes. But then the next thing we see is her taking... is taking her hand back out of the bureau yeah. and putting them putting it into her purse. This is key because the first place Leonard later checks for a pen is the bureau. Right. Um, like he's frantically searching through it and can't find him because mm-hmm. he thinks he just saw her take the pens and put them in the bureau. Right. And so at this point, she, this is where she sort of starts. Um, she gets really angry. Yeah. Really angry and starts insulting his uh, insulting him. Yeah. Um, and. Basically going, like, I can say whatever the hell I want because you're not going to remember. Which um, is true, And so she starts insulting him. She starts insulting his dead wife. And she yep. says, I'm going to make you pay. Yeah. Like, I am going to use you. Yeah. You are like, oh, it's going to be beautiful. Yeah. Um, and so he he hits her. Yeah. And that's where she gets the bloody nose and the yep. bloody lip. And then she keeps going. Mm-hmm. Um, and because uh, she wants him to beat her up. Right. Um. 
and and he does so he does mm-hmm. and then she leaves and like she goes out to the car and she just sits in the car yep. and looks at him and he's looking and then he goes oh god i need to find a pen and write this down right like i need to remind myself like this is not okay yeah yeah super messed up right um um and then we at some point we also get uh, and i don't know where exactly so that that leads to this whole thing with dodd whether that happens before or after that in the movie though you know um well i think the next scene we get after that is the next scene in the main timeline that mm-hmm. we get after that is them arriving at her place yeah where she tells him uh you can stay here so on and so forth yeah um i've got to go check on something he sits down to start writing something out uh-huh um well, then he's watching TV, which leads to the Remember Sammy Jenkins, yeah. which comes back several times throughout the movie. Yeah, uh, uh, and it's come back multiple, many, many times at that point. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, and so he's looking through his dossier mm-hmm. of things, which I'm not going to lie. I really thought that at some point in time we were going to see someone mess with that. Ah. Um, turns out. It has been messed with, probably. Oh, sure, yeah. I mean, that's uh, kind of... But I mean, it was him. Right, exactly. So we we get this, but I, I guess... Why, why, where in the, At a certain point, we, we go back to a point where he's burning some of his wife's belongings. Yeah. Um, that's before he gets to Natalie's, I think. Well, it's before he gets to Natalie's in the story. I don't know if, if, if it's after... Wait. Um, <laughs> See that's okay. the thing about this movie. No, so I've he, seen this movie he, several times. It's still a, it's still like a uh, wait now. The... He burns his belongings after he leaves Natalie's. Mm. He uh, he he leaves Natalie's. He runs into Teddy. Uh-huh. Teddy tells him because Teddy's the waiting in his car. Yeah, when he gets outside from Natalie's. Right. No, he's not waiting in his car because you can see the passenger side door. Uh-huh. He comes out the door, and so. He, and there's no one in it, uh-huh. and so Teddy is somewhere. Which doesn't Natalie actually say there's some like some someone's here? Yeah. Um. So she knows Teddy's outside. Yeah. Um. But then so he leaves. He gets in the car, and then suddenly Teddy is right there. Right. Um. Which, God, that guy is sneaky. Oh yeah. So sneaky. Every scene he cut, like what? Every time he, he just appears in every scene that he's in. Right. Um. But from there he goes to the motel. Then he calls an escort. Um, and then he has her set up, presumably Natalie or not, um, his wife. Yeah. I don't remember what his wife's name is. She's never given a name. Okay. Good reason to not remember. <laughs> um, uh, she's credited as just Leonard's wife. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, set up some of her belongings around the room. Yeah. Um, and then he tells her. I'm just going through this chronal actual chronal yeah chronology yeah yeah because yeah, yeah. it's so much easier that sure, way. Sure, yeah. Um he when the escort gets there he tells her to set the to like put this stuff around the room however you want. Yeah. Um, don't use it though. Don't use it. Um and then let me go to sleep. Uh-huh. And then once I'm asleep, wake uh like go into the bathroom and slam the door. Yeah. And uh wake me up. Right. And that's it. That's all you need to do. Right. Um and she's Okay, whatever yeah. works for you, man. Yeah. Um, and so when he wakes up, mm-hmm. he then goes, "Oh, 
okay because he doesn't remember anything right um and then he asks her to leave and he takes all of these belongings and he then burns them and i can't remember if it if it's the the burning is kind of a a big part of this movie to a certain extent and that we earlier in the movie i think it was earlier in the movie or the story at some point elsewhere in this film uh Natalie tries to tear up a Polaroid. And he says, no, you have to burn it. You have to burn them. Yeah. Um, and then later we see that he pulls out a, a partially burned photograph from his pocket. Right. Uh, or It's actually it's two om- photographs. Yeah, it's, om- it's almost completely burned. It's yeah. just like a little stub that isn't burned. Right. Left. And what we'll, we'll, I mean, we'll later find out is actually two photographs that have right. sort of you know, been burnt and mel- together. melted together. But... Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, in discussing this movie, I'm almost like, well, where do we go... Next, I want to get into this. I mean, I, to a certain extent, we just, we kind of have to take it to where this movie wraps up, which is both at its early. At its early okay. Well, let's finish off the Natalie thing first. Yes. Um, which is actually, yeah, the, I want to make a point the realization about realization that Natalie is a person is a bartender. Yes, she's just a bartender. He comes into the bar right. and introduces himself. And he has a. He has a coaster. Yeah, that, that says has "Meet Natalie After." Yeah, um, in his suit pocket. Yeah, um, and so he goes, and she doesn't know this man at all, mm-hmm. um, and so um, that eventually leads to her taking him back to. Well, her she house. does. She he starts to explain his condition. She says, "Oh, you're the memory man." Yeah, she's heard of him, but yeah. she hasn't met her him. boyfriend. Told her about him. Yeah. Um, and so, like, there's a thing that she there's a test of the memory and all that kind of yeah, stuff. Yeah, they and spit she in seems the beer really and feel sorry for him. There's this key thing where yeah, they, everybody spits in this beer and then she serves it to him and like, he drinks it and then you see this look at, like go like oh no he's yeah, that's real he's not bullshitting right I mean she does her own version of the test that we see of, of Sammy right. Jenkins, um, and so yeah she ends up taking but the, one of the things bef- once again in the scene after that or before that. Um, everything is couched in that, of course. Uh, she approaches his car and says, Jimmy, oh, oh, I thought you were, hey, and then he goes, or she says, oh, sorry. Yeah, I thought you were somebody else. else. And he's like, oh, no problem. Yeah. He has no idea. He doesn't know who she is. Yeah, he just has this coaster that he needs to go to this place and meet a Natalie. Right. And he has this car and all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff. Um, he has no idea what else is going on. Once again, and he's got a... As we saw earlier in the movie, he's got a picture of the car that says it's my car. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, we're once again thinking. Yeah. All this information is is accurate. Right. Um, which I think then we learn very quickly after this because I think right almost right after this mm-hmm. we are we go back for to the the black and white black and white phone conversation yeah. and then we stick with that the whole rest of the time when well, we get the end of the sammy jenkins story which is the key to the parable yes right which is that his wife almost she she had gone to see leonard after they denied the insurance claim yes and she asked she like she seems very desperate and very upset that she's like well what do you think what do you really believe she she wants an answer yeah because well leonard believes that like she just needs an answer. Right. That's all she needs. But in actuality, what she's looking for is 
she's looking for an expert opinion. Yes. And she believes that this man is the expert because he's the one that had all the tests done. He isn't an expert. No. The doctors are experts. Mm-hmm. Doctor, who, by the way, is Tom Lennon, who people might know as a yeah. as a comedian. I just thought that was who's also in Dark Knight Rises, another Chris Nolan yeah. movie, as a doctor. Prob- they're probably friends. I, they must be because Mark Boone Jr., the guy who plays the uh, the guy in the hotel lobby, mm-hmm. uh, that guy is Jim Gordon's partner in Batman right. Begins. He's uh, he's um, Bullet. No, he's um, Bullock. Or... No, he's not Bullock in that oh, movie. He's, he's uh, I always thought that he's that... Detective Flask, who's oh, a character okay. in Batman Year One. Okay, he has a Bullock-like appearance, though, yeah. for sure, for sure. I I always assumed that it was Bullock, but no, yeah, whatever. he's it's a it's a deeper cut from the Batman uh, canon, actually. Yeah, he's Detective deeper. Flask. I don't know. I consider animated series fairly deep. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Um, but uh, uh, yeah. So anyway, the but yeah, um, and he also thinks for a second that she's looking to get him to admit something for the appeal that they'll. Yeah, if she can get him to say, well, there was some doubt on his part, so you know, right. give us but the money. Turns out she's not appealing or mm-hmm. anything. Um, she just wants to know, and so he tells her, um, not saying that it's all in his head, just that there is no physical. Re- I can see no physical reason why he should. He not can't be able to form new memory. short-term memories. Yeah. Um, and she goes, okay, thank you. Yeah. And so we're kind of left at that for a while. Yeah. But And he keeps going back to it, but the story doesn't progress until suddenly it does. Yeah. Um, one thing that we're shown very early on is he can't form new memories. Right. But things that he did before, he's got down. Yes. Because he, he his wife is a, is a diabetic. Yes, and, and so he actually administers her injections to her. Oh, insulin, yeah. Um, and so um, she now with this new information of okay, he's got to be faking it, mm-hmm. um, or what she perceives as he has to be faking it is she goes back and tries to call him on his bluff. Yes, thinking that he is faking um, because he basically she tells him. It's time for my injection. Right. And so, and he goes, oh, okay. And this is, you know, this is old news. This is everything yep. from, from his old life. Right. So he goes and he gets it and he gives her the injection when uh-huh. she wants. Yeah. Um, and then he goes and sits back down. Yeah. And she dials the watch, her watch back uh-huh. to three o'clock and says, honey, it's time for my injection. Yeah. And he goes, oh, okay. And he gets up and he. Yep. Gets gets the stuff and he yep. comes over and administers ministers where she wants, mm-hmm. um, and then she does this again. Yeah, and there is this growing look of despair. Oh yeah, on her face. And and Leonard says like, was she re- calling his bluff or was she just tired of this situation? Right. And and I mean, because he ends up killing her. Yeah, through um through uh, an insulin overdose. Yeah. Um, and so, because, I mean, it, it is like, at a certain point, like, geez, lady, I guess he, there is something, you know? Right. And so it does become like, well, was she just looking for a way out to a certain extent? Because she is super distressed at this point. Yeah. And what it's also gone into is, like, she has not been treating uh, Sammy well. Right. She's been trying to, like, snap him out of it in right. some way. She's been forcing him to take notes on things. and Right. And and uh, and take tests and all that kind of stuff. And he knows that he's done something wrong. but Right. He, it's really heartbreaking stuff, these sequences. Uh, Stephen Tobolowski is the actor who plays Sammy Jenkins. Um, great character actor. Um, and, yeah, these these scenes are... Uh, but, it, yes, this weird, and he keeps talking about, like, 
you know, I, I'm not like that. I have to be regimented. I have to be right. resolute in this thing. Uh, and 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 so you get the long sections of the movie are this story. Yeah, um, and they 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 grow progressively longer. Yeah, each time we come back to them until eventually it's just that's the rest of the story is told is right. Is, and these, so then she dies, and he goes to uh, uh, an institute. An yeah, institute. and he doesn't even know that she's dead. Yeah, because he um, can't. He couldn't have formed that memory. Right, um, and no one. I mean, who knows how many times he's been told? Right, um, and at a certain point, I imagine the doctors just said, "Don't tell him anymore." Yeah, like it's a it's emotionally like super traumatizing for him. And the last shot we see of Sammy Jenkins is him in the middle of this facility that he's in and he's just kind of staring off into the distance. Right. And he keeps looking up as someone walks by right. hoping for some sort of interaction. Yeah. Um but never getting anything. Right. One thing it says early on is like he liked like he hated shows. Mm-hmm. Um, cuz he never knew he's always watching TV when we see him in the right. flashbacks. Um he hates shows because he doesn't know what's going on. He'd forget how it began, yeah. But he loves commercials. Right. He loves that li- just little short thing, something right. that he can he can get because he knows what's going on with him. Exactly. Um, but, yeah, it's it's tragic what it ends with, with him sitting in an institution with no one, no interaction. Yeah. Because who knows what state everyone else in there is, is like. Right. He, probably not anyone else like him. Um, yeah. 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 So then that that sort of leads us into the conclusion of this movie, which is which is also the beginning of this movie in many ways. Uh, <laughs> the beginning of the story and the end of the movie uh, is uh, Teddy comes to get uh, uh, Leonard uh, yeah. because they've he's found he's found John. Yeah, he's found John G. Um, which part of the thing um, we learn is that during this phone conversation, um, he's. Uh, he he's tattooing. He's getting ready to ta- to give himself another tattoo, right? Um, which is number um, five, right? Which is a drug connection. Yes, is fact five drug connection, right? Which during the phone conversation changes gets um, changed to drug dealer. Yes, um, because he's checking his facts and all that kind of stuff. And the person on the phone is telling him, "Well, it seems to mm. be like something like this, so it, it fits." Right. Um, so he amends that to that. So he's giving himself a tattoo, um, and then from there it goes to um, like, "Oh, well, we need to do this now." Like, um, like come out to the lobby, all this kind of stuff. Right. Because he's forgotten. About the never, never talk, never answer the phone thing. Right. Again, um, he he keeps forgetting. Yes. Like he's he's always he's always just knows. Oh, I'm telling this story. Uh-huh. So go back to telling the story, um, and eventually that leads him out into the lobby. Yeah. Where then um, there's Teddy and once again appearing and the guy before uh, the 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 desk clerk. Yeah. Whatever his name is, I, I think he's given a name. He is he is given a name, um, I, for what it is, I I, I do not know. Um, but from there, Bert. Oh, Bert. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, computer. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, no, but from there, that's when he says, "Officer, whatever." And, yeah. And Teddy is kind of cagey about that. And it's like, Gamel. Yeah. I said gamma uh, earlier. It's gamble. Let's go this. Let's go this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, this is when he explains, like, I'm undercover yeah so on and so forth this is also where he gets the picture of him yeah which is really interesting 
because if he doesn't have a picture of him, mm-hmm. this could just be somebody right. that learned about him yeah. and like has information. For sure. But because somehow he doesn't have a picture of this guy. He has pictures of everyone. Yes. Except, well, he doesn't have a picture of uh, Lenny. Of oh. the, of the, or what's his name? The front desk guy. You just Bert. said it. Bert. He doesn't have a picture of Bert. He does not. Yeah. Because we've seen that he, he doesn't know. The other thing I was going to say, actually, that, I, that I figured, when you said the only thing you can trust is your own handwriting, the scene earlier where we find out what he had crossed out for Natalie. Right. Which is. Um, Don't trust her. Yeah, which is what Teddy made him write. But before he crosses it out, it's the only thing he writes in cursive. Right. Um, which is also kind of interesting, I thought. Oh, yeah. It's a distinct. Everything else. Is um, God, what's the opposite of cursive? I know uh, it is. just standard block yeah, letters. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you you see him because you you watch him write everything, right? And that's the only one where you're like, well, that looked weird, right? And then he he so he's writing that in front of Teddy, yeah, um, in the tattoo in a tattoo parlor, uh-huh. and then he goes into the back to change, and then he takes a look at Teddy's photograph because he hasn't gotten to look at it, which yet, says, the back says, "Don't believe his lies. Don't believe anything he says." Yeah, um, and so he goes, huh, "Yeah, bull, Teddy," and he scratches out the thing. Yep. And um, it's interesting; he was already sort of had that mindset to a certain extent because he did write it differently, right? Um, but so then we get this this thing where he's found him. He, he says, "I found the guy who did it." Right. Let's go get him, yeah. and uh, we go to this, this. Is when we get the picture of him. Yes, and, and he writes down the name and his name and number right. on it. That's it um, at this so, point, so that he can call him. Uh, and so we go, and the final location. And also, what what's key here is that um, he he's not dressed the same. No, he's dressed in just like a plaid shirt. Right. Um, and um, and he the car he gets casual. into is a truck. Yes. Um, which um, uh, is a truck that at this point I couldn't remember, but is the truck from the opening scenes of the movie yes. right outside. The place where Teddy gets that we killed. saw had bullets on the seat. Yeah, there's bullets on the seat, um, and so um, Leonard drives um, to this same place. Yeah, um, and uh, goes inside um, and is is checking the place, and then someone else drives up, mm-hmm. um, and uh, he comes in, and then we see that he has a, a crowbar or a tire iron. Yeah, a tire iron. Yeah. Um, and uh, and proceeds to beat him, and then um, uh, is it becomes very clear that he's going to kill him and all. Yeah. that. and he ends up choking him out. Yeah, and this is this is the guy who we saw in the photo with Natalie earlier, right. who was her boyfriend, right? Jimmy. Yeah. Um, but then because um, it's either John or James G. Once again, yeah. this guy's Jimmy. Um, but. He's talking about you don't know what's going on here. Mm-hmm. You have no idea. Um, and he says, you know, there's two hundred and fifty thousand dollars in cash in the in the car. Let's right. Take it and go. Um, he says, you you know, you you think this is about money? Like, yeah. You you raped and murdered my wife. I believe he says you you. I want my life back. Or I want he my said? life back. It's like, yeah. what do you want? And it's like, I want my life back. Yeah. You took everything from me. Right. Um, and this guy is horrified and confused and all that, and then the, he proceeds to kill him. Yes, um, Leonard kill, kills Jimmy, um, and then uh, drags him down uh, down into a ba- to the basement. Yeah. Um, after um, he thinks he says Sammy as he's dry as he's right. dragging him. Thinks down. he says Sammy. 
Um, Whether he does is still is I mean right probably didn't because the guy's dead right. Um, but uh, at this point, he's taken his clothes. Yeah. Um, he's changed out of the clothes he was just in and into the suit. Yes. So this is where he gets the suit, and so then conceivably in the pocket is meet Natalie after. Yes. On the back of the um, which adds up. Right on, uh, and that's on the back of the uh, coaster. coaster of the bar, which is right. how he knows where to go. Yes. Um, and then, um, he's flipping. He he forgets that he killed the guy. Right. Um. And so then he, uh, uh, oh no, because Freddie, because uh, uh, no, uh, or Teddy pulls up, yeah, and he goes, oh crap, what's going on? He doesn't forget that he killed the guy. Mm-hmm. Um, he remembers that he knows that he killed the guy, but Teddy comes up and he goes, oh crap, and then he forgets. Right. This is the, one of the first times that we actually see a memory break. Yeah. In scene. Right. Um, or it is the first time. Also, I think earlier in the movie, one of the things that was slipped under his door was a picture of him. A picture of him um, touching uh, the blank spot over his heart. It's one yeah. of the few places that doesn't have a tattoo. Right. And earlier on, we uh, Natalie asks him, why doesn't he have a tattoo there? And he says, yeah. oh, it's probably for when I get the guy. Yeah. Um, and so we have a, earlier, we saw a picture of him, a Polaroid of him. Which, right. Which is weird because it's Polaroid of him. Right. Uh, pointing to the spot on his chest. Yeah. Um, looking super happy. Yeah. That's what slid under the door with the answer the phone thing. Yes. Um, so that's key to what, what's about to happen when Teddy comes in. Right. Because um, Teddy comes in and he says, hey, mister, um, is, like something's happened. Like, yeah. Can you come help? He's like, doesn't he say you look familiar? Do I know you? And he's like, no, you don't. Something like that. Yeah. And he shows his badge and he's like, I'm a cop. Uh, I'm a, I'm, it's like, I'm a cop. And so they go, he takes him down there and it's like, like, oh, yeah, no, there's a big problem. Like, this guy's dead. Yeah. Um, and then he, like, knocks him on the head yeah. with, like, a brick or something. He picks up something. Yeah. Um, uh, and he's trying to figure out what's going on because this guy just showed up and he right. just killed this guy. Right, right, right. Because he, he pulls out a Polaroid when Ted, when uh, Teddy showed, pulls yeah. up and he's, he's flipping through things. Um, and uh, he finds the picture of the body, mm-hmm. the choke out dead body. And he goes, yeah. oh, shit, what have I just done? Right, right, right. Um. Uh, and then he's like, okay, so he, Teddy comes in, he, he knocks him over the head, and then Teddy proceeds to explain everything, basically. Right, which is this idea that that he, they already killed John G. a long time ago. Right, that this is, that he is, he is actually a cop. Yeah. Um, that um, he was the cop from the case, and from his wife's case, and he believed him. Yeah. Um, but that they got John G. a year ago. Yeah. Um, and then they just kind of kept going because he produces the picture of him elated of, uh, Leonard elated pointing at his chest. And it's like, I took this of you. Right. Like I was there. Yeah. Like we killed this man together. You and I. Right. Um, And then presumably for the last year, he's just been pointing him towards different scumbags or whatever. Right. There are tons of John G's. Hell, I'm a John G. That's what he says. And he goes, no, your name's Teddy. And he's like, no, like. James Gimble or, or, uh, or uh, yeah, John John Edward Gamble is his name. Yeah, um, it's like I'm a John G. There's yeah. tons of them, but interestingly enough, conceivably, um, or what he infers is that um, Leonard like agreed. It's like you know, point me at somebody else. Yeah, I yeah, that's it's unclear exactly on that. Well, I point. mean, that's what 
that's what, what Teddy says. Yes, is, and 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 this is this is up for debate because don't believe Teddy's lies is what that picture said. Right, but at this point, it doesn't have that written on it. Not yet. Um, and so because he just took it, so all it has is his name and number on right. it. Right. Um. And so um, he lays all this stuff out, and then the next big bombshell is like because he starts talking about Sammy, and he says. Yeah, of course he said Sammy. You tell everyone about Sammy. Right. Um, um, but he keeps going uh, – Leonard keeps going on about Sammy, and then uh, uh, Teddy finally says, like – like, or he, he talks about Sammy's wife. Yeah. Uh, and how he killed uh, – Sammy killed him or killed her, and um, so the – this is probably the biggest, like, twist of yeah. the movie. Oh, yeah. Is the fact that, like, maybe Sammy doesn't exist. Right. Sammy might be an invention of Leonard. The Leonard is Sammy Jenkins. Yeah. That his wife didn't die in mm-hmm. the attack. She survived. Right. Um, and that she couldn't deal with all of this. And right. so she was the one that was testing him and all that kind of stuff. And I would say that is also the most unclear answer in the movie. Oh, yeah. Very because so. we 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 get conflicting flashbacks. Yeah. We get the same scene played out. One that has a, a an insulin needle in it, one where he's just pinching her. Yeah, I don't know. The yeah, movie does knows? not indicate no, to you which there one. Is, there's none, no information whatsoever. Yeah. Um, but um, ultimately, what this all leads to is um, uh, Leonard turning against Teddy. Yeah. Um, he goes out to goes back out to his truck. Um, with the gun with uh-huh. his revolver. Um, that he took from Teddy, I think. Yeah. Um. Yes, he did. And he pops all the bullets out. Yep. Which, so those those are the bullets on the truck, mm-hmm. uh, or in the truck. Yeah. Um, and then he um, is looking at Teddy because he's thrown. He took his car. Uh, Leonard took Teddy's car keys and threw them into the bushes. So yes. Teddy's searching through the bushes, looking. Right, right, right. Um, and he, you can see him form the decision. He takes out um, the uh, Polaroid of Teddy. Yeah. And flips it over and writes on the back. Don't believe his lies, right? Because there's this whole at this well, point, in, there's in, a in, monologue going on yeah. in his head of like, do I choose to make my own like make my own truth and all that kind of stuff? Yeah, and where he is consciously choosing to direct himself on the path to kill Teddy. Oh yeah, he said he said if there's it's, he says something to the extent of if there's all these John G's, then you'll be my John G. Yeah, you'll be my John G. Would be the emphasis on that, right? And so he writes down fact six, the license plate. Yeah, and then he takes out a note card and writes down fact six and writes down uh, um, uh, Teddy's license plate. Yeah. Um, and then uh, he gets out of the car and um, goes and um, pops open the trunk and Teddy is freaking out. It's like, what are mm-hmm. you doing? You can't take this car. Mm-hmm. Like, this isn't your car. Mm-hmm. Um, and he takes a Polaroid of the car and writes down, it's like, my car. It's like, oh, yeah. well, it's mine now. Yeah. Um, and this is the most like active we've seen him in terms of like he is making decisions. Yeah, up until this point, he has not made decisions. Right, He's always reacting to everything. This is the one moment where he is. Deciding and what you what you realize here is that, is that everything's happened in the movie. Leonard put himself on this path. Yes, um, which up until this point he is very much relatable. And um, very much like I would consider the protagonist of the movie. Well, because he's well, he I mean, is, he, he's the main character because but he's at, at this point we realize that he is also the antagonist of the movie. He's the one that set everything up, that set the protagonist on the path. Yeah, it just so happens that that was Leonard from earlier in the day, right? 
because all of this happens in like two days. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, maybe three days because there's two night sequences. There are. Yeah. Yeah. So all of this happens in like three days. Right. Um. Yeah, and then he drives off. It is ultimately, even though Teddy's not the John G that killed his wife, it is a story of vengeance. But it's a story. It's the vengeance for what Teddy had been doing to him for the last right. year. Right. And well, and also I was going to point out the thing that I didn't say is in that that last shot of Sammy Jenkins for like one second, Sammy Jenkins turns into Leonard. Yeah, in that in that shot of him, I don't know what that means. I don't know. I don't know that there is an answer to this. I don't think there is. There um, are no answers. <laughs> there, um, and the facts are not important. Uh, we, the internet gave us the answers to Inception. Yes, the actors gave us the answers to Inception. Mm-hmm. Um, they have not to no. Memento. I don't no. think the actors know. No one knows. No, I don't. It's it's really up in the air, and that and that's something I know that Nolan likes. Obviously, and oh, yeah. he makes movies that purposefully do this. Um, I mean, we talked about the Prestige earlier. That's a movie with some that gives some answers, but there's still some very confusing and very twisty. I I find that movie like everything ends up very much out in the open at the end of the Prestige. For sure, but it's it's. Um, I don't. There's some questions. crazy answers. Oh yeah, there. The answers are crazy. Yeah, but. There, I have all the answers. This is true. At the end of the Prestige, yeah. Um, I don't have all the answers necessarily at the end of Inception, though. Apparently, if you look hard enough, you can. see I feel it. like I have my answers. Like I, I have, I have my read on it more than this. I really don't no, know. There is no answer to Memento. Right. There is no no answer whatsoever. It's the it's the most vague movie he's ever made. Yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, and so that's and then we I, I, yeah I love the ending of this movie though I, I like this part of it I just think is brilliant this idea that he's like all right fine I'm gonna turn it back around on you and this is I'm gonna play a long game with myself right setting on this you. up yeah like, I wrote down a fact yeah a fact he's lighting I, a I, fuse on yeah, something I yeah make the I am making my own truth yeah something that I will I'm giving myself two pieces of information. That will ultimately lead to your destruction. Yeah, because from this moment on, I'm not going to trust you. Yeah, which is just awesome. And then I love the the movie, the the end of this movie, you know, where he's driving. He has this whole monologue, and then he just sudden abruptly stops the car, and they cut off the. And he's just like, "What was I doing?" And it right. just stops. Well, he stops at the tattoo parlor. Yes, parlor. He stops in front of the tattoo parlor. Yep. Um, because he's got a tattoo to get. Yeah. Which is. The license plate. Yep. And then, so we stop at the exact moment that his mind flips back over. Right. And the true events of the film start. Right. Well, not quite. Not not quite the moment. Like, uh, there's a, there's, he gets the tattoo. He's able to get the whole tattoo in mm-hmm. between. So that, that part is still gray. But. You're, well, he's got the, the on the point. card. It says tattoo this. He doesn't know yes. why. Right. No. No. But like, but I'm saying, like, the, we see the, the 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 plan that we saw Leonard create. Yeah. We stop. The movie stops at the exact moment that 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 the that that's initiated. Right. Yeah. Which is great. And then once again, it just flips. It just rolls back into being the movie. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Oh yeah. It's a crazy movie, and yeah. it, it's man, yeah. Uh. Cool. Well, yeah, that's Memento. Yeah. Uh, so what kind of trivia do you got for me on this movie? On this movie? Yeah, because you always give everybody else trivia. You're not getting away without giving <laughs> me any 
Um, did I not give you some trivia about the movie being I mean, shot in the... Be, yeah, you gave me a little bit at the beginning, I suppose. Um, There's no other fun facts or anything like that? Well, I mean... The, no one went insane on production? No one went insane on production, Aww. unfortunately. Yeah, I, uh, I said it was a 25-day shoot, um, which, is, which is pretty rough. Uh, uh, but, I mean, that's honestly really short. That's not a long production. No. No. no, no. I mean, that's what I mean. So it, that would have been a tough shoot, though. Just the, yeah. how, how, uh, how long uh, that was. Um, the uh, let's see, anything? Well, yeah. I mean, there's I, not, there's I, not, there's not a ton really on this. It's. I guess it was. I mean, filming it was probably, as opposed to the movies, pretty straightforward. Um, like I can imagine the production on this movie not being terribly difficult. Yeah, I mean you're in a location, shoot stuff for that location. Yes, exactly. Um, and you know they reused locations and repainted stuff and and things like that. From what I gather. Oh yeah. Uh yeah yeah I mean like you know there's one hotel instead of the two oh, hotels yeah. that are in the movie things yeah, like that. Yeah, they probably had one room. Yeah, exactly. You know, move out the bed, change that around, all that kind of stuff. For um, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're not. There's not a. Like I said they're not a, not a ton on. Not a ton on that. They did pick guy. They ended up going with Guy Pierce because he was, sort of an unknown. Oh, okay. Um, instead I mean, of a Brad Pitt. I think they made a really great choice doing that. Absolutely. Uh, I mean the guy. The guy's an amazing actor, of course. Uh, as we know, um, and you know he just does a fantastic job here and yeah. has continued to do uh, and he's he's an actor who anytime i see him in something i, I he's going to be interesting at the very least oh yeah um you know whether he's in a marvel movie like iron man 3 or something like the uh, a great australian film he's in called the rover uh yeah. that's a, like a post apocalyptic movie that's amazing people should go check that out another, <laughs> another very bleak and dark movie yeah um Guy Pierce seems like such a nice and funny guy in real life too. Anytime I see him interviewed, then I'm always like, he always plays such dark. I'd love to see him in a, a true comedy. There's you know? a movie that j- he just had out earlier this year called Results. It's a romantic comedy huh. with him and Kobe Smolders from uh, How I Met Your Mother. Well, I, I love both of those people. So. Check it out. I think it's on Netflix. It was a Sundance movie. Okay. Uh, he plays like a personal trainer, oh. and uh, yeah, it. it it, yeah, it's fun. To... He f- slips into that really easily. Well, that's good. He's a pretty charming I, guy. I, I'm, I'm always really happy when um, actors that are usually pigeonholed into one sort of film can can move out and uh, and do many other kinds yeah. of things. I mean, uh, as it said, in that we talked about it at the beginning, but this is based on um, Jonathan Nolan's short story uh, where he, or to a certain extent, it was based on his short story. Yeah, I mean, nothing's ever really, truly, exactly word for word, well, except three hundred, um, the source material, mm-hmm. um, and even then, they change yeah, stuff. Yeah, sure, absolutely, and uh, but he, apparently, he had pitched this idea to Chris, uh, Jonathan did while they were driving across country, and it just captured Chris's imagination. I bet. And well, he, it's a really cool idea. Yeah. And he just kept like, and to, apparently it was like a, just like an idea Jonathan had. And Chris was like, "You should do something with that. You should do something with that. You should do something with that. I should do something with that. <laughs> you know, let me let me write that. You know, it's like you write that short story so that I can turn it into a screenplay. Right. Um. And then yeah, that <laughs> that ended up happening. And 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 you know, and people took a gamble on this at New Market Films as well. Uh, yeah. Is what they're saying is, uh, but the guy the 
head of New Market said that it was the most innovative script he'd ever seen. I I bet. I mean, you when something like this comes along, like you can't turn it down. Right. No, it's. I mean, I can't even imagine what reading the script would be like too. If this comes across your desk as a as a oh, studio executive, you're like, God. I don't. Where is this? And this is one of those situations where it's got to be a writer director, right? I mean, you're, oh, yeah. you're not you're not gonna no, you're not gonna hand this vision. to somebody it's else. Yeah, no, this is only Chris Nolan could direct this movie. Right. Yeah. Oh. And boy, yeah, it it, it ended up working out for everybody in a in a huge way, because um, Chris Nolan became Chris Nolan, and right. Guy Pierce became a major movie star. Yeah. Uh, he had previously done L.A. Confidential before this, which was a fairly yeah, big, that's movie. A big movie. But I think he kind of got. I mean, even though he's presumably kind of the main character of that movie, it's it's more of an ensemble piece. And yeah. I think he's also an actor who uh, he is so the different in everything he does. Um, that yeah, I think the I think unfortunately that means that you can sometimes, if you're that good an actor, yeah. you can go like, oh, that was the same guy. Yeah. Oh. He uh, he has the. Um the Gary Oldman uh, disease. I think he. I think he actually is a very similar actor to Gary Oldman in that sense, where it's like he can be a leading man, he can be the villain, he can be this weird supporting character, so, he can kind of so do anything. Now I want to see a movie coast uh, where the two main stars are Guy Pierce and uh, and Gary Oldman. And Gary Oldman. That'd be and great. See if anyone can uh, remember the. <laughs> Everybody's like, who was in that movie? I yeah, don't know. Exactly. There's a couple of guys. I think they were. Have they ever yeah. been in anything before? Have, they, they were great. Better yet, have them be the only characters. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. <laughs> I'd just, see that. Just an, an experiment. They could pull it off, too. Oh, yeah. They're that good. Yeah. Well, um... Cool. Yeah. Thanks for coming on the show, Cole. We finally, we finally got you on. Yeah. Uh, um, we're going to have you come back. Yeah. For sure. For something else. Yeah, for something, something. else. Something that's going to be something that's gonna be really fun. When, when it happens, people will, will know what we're talking about, right. uh, and it'll be exciting. Luckily, I think if anyone was bad and hasn't watched Memento and has made it this far <laughs> listen this. to this as we um, spoiled everything i think well i don't know they might still be able to be confused enough actually watching it yeah, i don't i don't know fun. that our conversation made much sense no probably not <laughs> um this will probably be your most disliked episode oh yeah yeah of the podcast oh for so sure far. um yeah, yeah definitely but uh but yeah cool maybe maybe in editing you maybe you can release it twice uh-huh. uh maybe you can release it once just how it is yeah and a second time actually where we discuss everything in the proper order. <laughs> yeah, I want to take the time to do that. Oh, yeah. No, you, you totally have the time. <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing anything schedule. else. Um, Panel on panels can take a week off. Whatever. Or, or yeah, or like yeah, our whole month as yeah. I try to do that and, yeah. and uh, drive myself insane. Yeah. There, may no, there may be no more podcasts after that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I've done it. Uh, yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you for coming on, Cole. Um, uh, of course, uh, you listeners can get in touch with the show. Uh, we are, we do have a Twitter. We are at seen that pod on Twitter. You can also email us at seen that pod at gmail.com. And, uh, yeah, we'll, uh, we'll see you next week when we'll be watching, uh, well, I'll be seeing you next week. Cole probably won't be here. No, or actually probably not. That'd be very interesting. Yeah. We've never had a repeat guest like that. So, well, no, Indiana Jones. Well, yes, yes, yes. That was for a sequence. There is no Memento 2, unfortunately. So. That'd be weird. <laughs> yeah, Mo- Memento 2. Yeah. He remembers. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be weird. I don't know. Uh, yeah, so uh, we'll see you next time. On You haven't seen that? <laughs>